Good evening, handsomes. Welcome to Personally Speaking. Can I get you anything to drink? Beer? Wine? Vodka tonic? Personally Speaking is a comedy cocktail party predicated on the idea that everyone has a story to tell. I'm your hostess, Christiana. Pleasure to meet you. I've invited several storytellers, comics, and personal friends of mine to share true tales based on a monthly theme. Everyone has ten minutes to earn your trust and make you laugh. This month's theme is body shame. Tales of bodily betrayal, acting auditions, and a mad dash to the airport regaled a live audience in my living room in East Hollywood, California. Enjoy the show. It's just kind of nice to watch you guys, you know? It's like, it's sort of like, like being in middle school almost, where you kind of, most of your time in a given day is just spent staring at people from across the room. Just like, ooh, if I look at them right, maybe they'll look at me. And look at that, I achieved it, I've defeated middle school, all of you are looking at me. Thank you, and welcome to Personally Speaking. Give it up, give it up. I was going to say give it up for yourselves, but really, let's give it up for me. <laughs> uh, personally speaking, is a show founded on the idea that absolutely everybody has a story to tell. Uh, I don't want to hear Donald Trump, so I'll say almost everybody. Uh, I think we've farted enough at this point. I- I've been asked a lot lately if I if I got a haircut, and um, <laughs> I was like, no, just woke up and it fell out. I'm really stressed out lately. I kind of, I feel like now that it's shorter and then I've got this, you know, this rocker tuck going in me, I'm just like, I've got places to rock to and I like started, it looks like I started to tuck in my shirt but just was too cool and I forgot about it, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I've, you know, I started to tuck in my shirt and then I got a text from Kanye, I was like, mm, I got other things to do. When I was actually getting the cut, I decided to surprise my hairdresser and uh, I was just, I literally just showed up. I was like, we're taking off a lot of hair tonight. <laughs> and she's like, oh, oh, is that so? Because my, my curl specialist and I, we have had a, a tumultuous relationship in the best kind of way that we, we've, we've made a lot of progress this year. We've shared a lot of laughs, a lot of tears. It was great. But when I said, uh, I've got a surprise for you, she gave me one right back because in 90 seconds, half my hair was in the trash. <laughs> just like snipped it off. I was like, Kobe and it was gone and I and I sent her I was like oh man you've got to let me take a picture of the you know of like the main before I go she's like oh no that was that's definitely in the trash and I'm pretty sure they just cleaned it out she's like I got you back <laughs> while I was getting the haircut um there was a guy on the other side of me and he had started turning around to look because I was losing so much hair in such a short amount of time <laughs> that both he and his hairdresser kept turning to look at me and I could see them in the mirror. And finally, she, she the, hair, the hairdresser, it's like, stop. She's like, okay, you, know, you need to stop. I can't stop turning your head for you. You gotta be focused on this for me. Work with me here. So ultimately, I think, uh, I think it was the right decision. I think um, there's nothing wrong with, with this hair except that now I've gotta go star in a Michelle Rodriguez movie, so. <laughs> Uh, we have a theme and six speakers for you tonight. Our theme is body shame, which I'm sure absolutely no one here is, is familiar with. I know this is a strange concept. None of us. I mean, 
I've loved myself from day one. <laughs> I just kind of came out, feeling it, feeling it, this good, this good. Was always this handsome, in case you guys were wondering. <laughs> I just, you know. Uh, on deck, we'll have uh, Jack Rosman, but up next we have the friend of the show, Audrey Rosenberg, that you guys are all so in love with. She's done this show many times before. <laughs> Regaled us with, uh, with tales, no matter what the theme is, she can come up with something. Let's, uh, let's welcome her to the stage, gang. Um, so I'm talking about shame tonight, which is so familiar to me. I proudly lead a pretty shameless life right now, and I want to tell you guys how I got there so you can learn from me. I... Uh, grew up pretty guilty, um, which is... <laughs> I had a lot of moments as a child, and I'm gonna... I have a, four key moments that I, I thought about today while I was supposed to be working, and I, I thought about four moments that had really shaped me and made me the classless pile of human garbage that you see before you now. Um, just totally uh, lacking shame. So... These four moments were so deeply shameful that it actually taught me uh, that I, I don't have to have shame. It's a useless emotion that sort of uh, just wastes energy. So um, the first one was in sixth grade. Some of you have heard this because I actually wear it as a badge of pride now. I was going on my first date ever. And it, just as a warning, this sets the mood for my, not only my romantic life, but my life. It just, <laughs> it, it is, it defines me. Um, so we go on this date. Uh, he's shorter than me. And <laughs> we, uh, we go to see 51st Dates. We hold hands. We share popcorn. And like midway through the movie, I have to pee. Um, and then we're leaving the movie and I still have to pee because that's how that works. And um, I... I uh, feel like, for some reason, it would be so embarrassing to tell him that I just don't. I pick the less humiliating option, which is peeing my pants. <laughs> and that... Uh <laughs> Ever since, I've been on a roll. I've been just... <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if I can really go up from there. So uh, flash forward a couple relationships, many years, a lot of maturity, and I'm in Peru, and <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm coming from Peru to El Salvador to LA where I'm uh, going home, and I'm with my ex at the time, and we are, we're flying back, and uh, we're in the security line, and I'm, I run through the security line, through the little beepy things, past the drug dogs that are in El Salvador, smelling you, and run through the airport, screaming in very broken Spanish, Donde esta el baño? <laughs> um, as security guards and drug dogs, and many, many people are chasing me as I'm exhibiting all the symptoms of smuggling cocaine at my <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I can tell you right now I'm not smuggling cocaine at my asshole, but uh, that doesn't stop them from checking if I'm smuggling cocaine at my asshole. 
that was probably the worst my body has ever betrayed me. Uh, my ex was just watching with apathy from the security line. Uh, it's, a, it's a pattern. Um, so I, I, uh, my third moment, I'm, I'm trying to build in shame, by the way, not in, in a linear time because that doesn't exist. Um, so I, um, I'm, in, I'm in high school. It's the year 2009. Um, and the entire year of 2009 is a year of shame for me. But in particular, 2009 was the year that I accidentally got roped into having a threesome in a car yeah. in the church parking lot, which I, I told I, <laughs> I um, have talked about. But I just wanted to give some unwarranted advice to virgins. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> Christy, this is for you. If uh, if you are trying to lose your virginity and trying to convince yourself that you're straight, um, do not do it in this situation. Do not have a threesome. <laughs> and uh, it will just kill the spark. It will kill the intimacy. Um, unless you are in the back of a sedan, in, in which case it's very intimate. <laughs> and uh, you're, you know, you're all there. And that's fine. Um, but don't do it if you're in a church parking lot because then you're sort of going to kill any sort of religion or spirituality in the world. And, uh, and then especially don't do it if um, you see cops coming um, <laughs> and if a cop shines his mag light in the window, don't pretend that you're dead. <laughs> that doesn't get you out of anything. Uh, they're like... Shining their light on your naked dead body. <laughs> You're like awkwardly pubescent, like sort of halfway there. Oh, it was bad. Um, <laughs> I didn't get arrested, which is really, uh, so it's a success story is what I'm telling you. And um, I've been building to <laughs> uh, what you might call a classic boy meets girl meets uh, entire high school class story, uh, this is the same year, the year of shame, 2009, uh, the year that sort of solidified my identity um, <laughs> as a failure. And <laughs> I, uh, I'm at this party, still trying so desperately to be um, heterosexual, and I am <laughs> making out with this guy, and I'm concentrating so hard on, on like, pretending that I like it, and... <laughs> convincing myself that I like it, that I don't really know, like, where this is going. We end up going to, we're, like, trying to, you know, do it, and, uh, <laughs> you know, do it. Yeah, sex. And uh, we we go to a car, because that's obviously the best place, and um, as I'm saying, my, my energy was all going into faking it, so I wasn't concentrated on talking about whose car this was. Long story short, <laughs> it's neither of our cars. We're in a stranger's car. We've walked into an unlocked car, which, honestly, I blame the stranger because who leaves their car unlocked? <laughs> we go into an unlocked car, and let's just say that, you know that scene in Titanic where everything fogs up? <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> and uh, I... Uh, my, by the way, I didn't give you the context, but my entire high school class was at this party. And um, 
pretty much everyone I've ever met came out to the sidewalk to see what the commotion was about when a dude found out that two random people were <laughs> fucking in his car. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, my, my best friends at the time, my, uh, my people, they saw me. They saw me in the flesh. Um, <laughs> and, like, in the flesh, in, like, uncompromising, or er, compromising, situations like you don't want to be seen in that sort of like in the backseat of a car that's the theme of the night um so i experienced those four things in actual linear time and i realized that i can't if i try i can't get any worse than that (laughs) so (laughs) i've led if you know me well then you know that i lead my life with no shame no dignity and uh, pretty much no purpose other than to, uh, <laughs> you know, keep a smile on people's faces. Uh, thank you, guys. Keep it going, Roger Rosenberg. You know, it's, it's funny. I um, I thought for sure that that memorable trip through airport security was going to be the highlight of the show, but there's really there's. There's so many other little moments in that that I adore. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> Stop here. It's cool. Um, anytime someone tries to take away my attention, by the way, you guys should know that I'm threatened. Um, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been pretty good lately in terms of like taking care of things that you should take care of as an adult. Notice the hair, okay? Uh, second of all, I actually logged on to kp.org. That's short yeah. for Kaiser Permanente, y'all. <laughs> that means I scheduled a checkup, motherfuckers. <laughs> Woo, she's 23 and she's going for routine medical care. Oh my God, damn, babe. Okay, so I went through a website and I scheduled a checkup and I found a primary care physician. So it's pretty tight. Uh, there's a problem, though. Uh, I realized while looking for a primary care physician, and, and the biggest issue is, as generally a, a wildly progressive person and what some people would call a radical feminist, I tend to kind of like lose the filter. Um, this is the biggest problem with anybody who identifies in any of those spaces where you're just like, you lose the filter, you just automatically assume, you're like, oh, I'm not racist, I'm never going to be sexist, I'm past that now. <laughs> looking through all the primary care physicians, first time I was like, oh, that's an Indian woman. She definitely studied harder than I did, so she's going to be my primary care physician for sure. Uh, and when I finally scheduled the appointment, um, I went in, and, and she was uh, everything was fine. Thank God. Everything was fine, and uh, I was just like, you know, it's, it's scary. It's weird. It's like this giant building. There's like the Scientology building, and then there's Kaiser. They're, like The proximity is a little bit alarming. Everything went fine, but at the end, she was like, honestly, I, I feel like, okay, Audrey, are you going to do this to me? Um, <laughs> at the end, <laughs> she was... <laughs> I told you guys. Uh, at, at the end, she was like, have you considered that you might have attention deficit disorder? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I definitely need more attention. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 it, it, it means you have a problem with focus. I was like, yeah, there's not enough on me. Let's go. And it's like, it's, it's a serious condition. Uh, coming up next to the stage is your fave, Jack Rosman. Get on up here. So, guys. Uh, so, I'm going to take it back all the way to when I was 16. 
Uh, I don't know if this is technically body shaming, but I felt ashamed, so <laughs> it should work. When I was 16, I was a little bit of a romantic. All I wanted was a girlfriend in the life, in any life, in my life. This is a basic sentence. It should have come out right the first time. <laughs> All I wanted was a girlfriend, and I could not find one. I finally did find one. Her name was Carlin. It was great. Carlin, yeah, it's a weird name. It's like, like, like Kaylin, you know? So Carlin was a great girl. We got along swimmingly. Uh, some would call it love. I called it desperation. Uh, everything was going great with Carlin except for one thing. Her favorite restaurant, which she made me eat at all the time, was this place, this little burrito joint called Nacho Mama's. I can't make that shit up. Uh, it was great. I didn't have a problem with the food. I had a problem with what the food did to my body. I would, uh, and we had this little routine we would do. We would go eat at Nacho Mama's, which was fine at the time. And then we would go home and, like, awkwardly make out for a bit in her attic. <laughs> and then I would, my mom would pick me up and drive me home. <laughs> God bless her. Um, that was basically <laughs> our relationship. So we're sitting there in her attic, and the bathroom's on the other side. Of, it's like a wall bathroom's right there. You can hear literally everything that goes on in the bathroom. And I'm sitting there, and you know how, like, when fish go up on dry land, they start flopping and writhing around? It was like ground beef was doing that in my stomach. And I could not... It was just miserable. You know. And I'm sitting there, and I just can't... I can't relax. My whole body is tensed up the entire time. We're, like, awkwardly making out. And my mom, you know, this happened for months. It would just sit there and, like, tense up, and I couldn't do anything, and my mom would pick me up, and I would not say anything the whole car ride, and then when we got home, I would sprint into the bathroom and just unleash. Um, I'm pretty sure my mom thought I was jerking off in there. <laughs> I need to talk to her about that. <laughs> I wasn't. I was miserable. Um, and... That was kind of our relationship. I should also mention I was pretty religious as a kid. So I was doing all this without even getting laid, <laughs> which is worse. Um, so it was about eight months, and I was thinking, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it, this is, relationship has run its course. I think I should uh, throw in the towel. I'm going to give it, like, one more week. If I decide to change my mind, I will. But if not, I think it's going to end. So I'm over there, miserable, as always, <laughs> with my stomach writhing. And she goes down to get popcorn or something for this movie we're about to watch, and I look at her phone, and I see a text pop up from Travis. Travis is her ex-boyfriend. Oh. Yeah. And I can't help myself. I think what I did was wrong, technically, but <laughs> I was 16 and really had to shit, so I wasn't really thinking about that. <laughs> so I opened the phone, and I read her text message. They've been texting for like a week, pretty pretty intensely so my heart broke a little bit not too much but a little bit and I'm sitting there reading it like kind of having a moment in my life that shaped a lot of who I am but also my stomach rumbled <laughs> so reading the phone my stomach rumbles and I look between the bathroom and my phone or her phone and the bathroom and I'm just like fuck it 
I go into the bathroom and I'm in there for 25 minutes. <laughs> and again, she can hear. She comes up not too soon after and can hear everything. And I cut. Yeah. <laughs> and I come out and her face is just ghost white. She's like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've never felt better." <laughs> so the next day, my mom comes pick me up shortly after, <laughs> and we go home. The next day, I have Carlin over, and I'm saying, I, you know, break up with her essentially. She takes it pretty well. We get along amicably. It's, it's okay. And as she's leaving, when her mom came to pick her up, <laughs> she, she turns around and looks at me to say one final thing, and I thought it would be like, you were my first love, or like, I'll never forget you. But she was just like, is, is that why you didn't flush yesterday? <laughs> And that's kind of set the tone for my romantic life since. That's it. That's all I got. Keep it going for Jack Rosman, guys. Now is uh, now is your chance to to either get beer or to I don't know go to the bathroom. I I don't have a chance. So if if someone wants to give me a beer, that'd be great. Um, only men. Uh, you guys can go get it for me. That'd be great. Uh, excellent. Oh, I like that. That's a good feature of this show. Uh, so on deck is your poetic fave, Nicolette Daskalakis. But in the meantime, um, I just want to briefly talk about the fact that um, Audrey brought up something I thought was interesting. Is that uh, she was raised guilty. I was also raised guilty um, in the faith. Uh, I only date in the faith, so call me. Uh, I was, I was so... So ridiculously repressed as a child that I think I, uh, if, if this had gone to fruition, I would have gotten someone arrested or seriously, seriously injured um, by the legal system. Here's the thing. I, nobody talked about sex in my household. Like, it was just like, you don't talk about it. I never got a sex talk, and that's probably why I do it in front of you guys. But there was, there was this sense that it was like a big secret because if the secret got out, who would think about anything else? <laughs> I think that was the general idea. But in second grade, there was this, uh, thank you, there we go, there was this gentleman, um, this gentleman named Michael. Uh, to the best of my memory, he was a sixth grader. He's always kind of had a thing for older men. Uh, but again, I was in second grade. And every year, <laughs> means I was probably about as tall as the stool, um, and about as cute, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, my family, my parents had this, this party every year at the end of the year. I don't know if this was just a curry favor or what, but they would have a party for all the teachers uh, at the school that was across the street where I attended. I'm sure it had some influence on my grade. But they had this big party for all the teachers, and a couple of students and friends would come over as well. And Michael was there. And at one point, one point during this party, like everyone else is, you know, enjoying themselves, having drinks, whatever, etc. Michael's like, can I tell you something? I was like, I'm in second grade. You can tell me anything and I'll believe it. <laughs> so he's like, I got to tell you something in the bathroom. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, stay scared, guys. Stay scared. <laughs> so he and I just kind of toddle into the bathroom and um, he sits me down like, I remember this distinctly, like we're on the bathtub, like staring into each other's eyes. And he's like, can I kiss you? And I was like, I don't know what that means. Go ahead. And he kisses me. And years later, one day this occurs to me. I'm like, what the fuck? This guy was in sixth grade. This is 
like, yeah, I kissed a second grader. It's pretty tight. Uh, <laughs> so my my very best friend in the entire world at the time, Ali, Ali, um, she and I co- talked constantly as children. Fell out of touch as we got older. Um, she got real slutty. I was into it. It's like good, like good, go, yes. But it was just kind of thing where it's just like. We don't, I was a nerdy kid, and we didn't have the same interests, so we didn't talk as much. But I was, like, very much in awe of her. I was back in, in my, my quote-unquote hometown at the time, Burbank, and she and I were talking, and she and I were juniors in high school at the time. And she, uh, I was just like, man, i got to tell somebody about this. This is so weird now that I've remembered it. Like, she was like, Allie, do you remember this guy named Michael so-and-so? And she's like, yeah, he's fine as hell. And I was like, well... I was like, wait, have you seen him recently? Like, he's like several years older than us. And she's like, no, yeah, I just saw him in the halls. Like, he's a senior. Mm. I was like, hold up. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was in second grade, he was in third grade. (laughs) But my second grade mind was like, he's really tall. He must be an adult. (laughs) And so years later, my mind had like constructed, like, he's like sixth grade, right? (laughs) And so when she was like, yeah, what about him? I was like, oh, just uh, we made out at a party once. (laughs) 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 It's all right. I think that moment where she's just like, yeah, he's fine as hell. Saw him in the hallway last week. That was was, uh, partially devastating because it's like, ah, I really could have had a reason to explain this. (laughs) But no, to no avail. Uh, Guys, coming up next to the stage is somebody who has excellent stories about the weirdness of boys. It is Nicolette Daskalakis with a new book coming out. Come on up. Thank you much. Hello. Um, So I'm going to be that weird person that, like, uh, reads poetry. Um, yeah. Um, I'm sure all of you have been in those moments where you're like, poetry? Nope, not gonna do it. Well, gonna force you tonight. Uh, can't leave. I think that exit is blocked. Um, I'm gonna block this one if you try to come here. I'm gonna start with. Talk about masturbation, guys. Because um, I feel like body shame. We'll do it. Come on. You know. Um, I feel like masturbation is something that everyone feels like they need to be ashamed of. No. Guys, no! <laughs> we don't need to be ashamed of it. Um, and if you say you don't do it, yeah, that's a lie. That's a lie. Um, so this is from, I've um, been pretty antisocial and I've written two books. Um, this is Because You're Not Being a French Girl. And then the one I just released yesterday which you guys didn't come to, um, was All the Boys I Never Kissed. And I have a few copies if you're interested. They're also at Stories Books, Skylight Books, and Amazon. Please pay my grocery bill. (laughs) Um, All right. So this is called Things That Aren't in My Google Search History and Probably Never Will Be. They don't teach you how to stick your fingers up your pussy, or if you're even supposed to stick them in there or not. I wouldn't know. I'm too afraid to Google it, because it might show up in my search history. Next time someone looks up how to, how to make a cake, how to masturbate, sorry. I once saw a TV show where a woman leaned against the washer and let the tumble of the wash cycle do it. Is, is that how you're supposed to do it? I obviously have the wrong washer. <laughs> Apparently, you can stand up, or sit at a piano, or in a darkened movie theater, or in bed. 
I guess that makes the most sense. Apparently, there are books on it, but they're located in the self-help section, and everyone knows you do not go to that section, and that if you do go to that section, you are actually looking for the travel section, and that you are especially looking for the travel section if you see someone you know, or um, someone you would like to know. <laughs> Apparently, there are books on that, too. So now I'm reading a book on Ireland, <laughs> and I'm going to try to twist my legs into odd spaces, vacant places under my sheets, but don't worry, I'm not planning on sticking my fingers up my pussy or anything. I don't ev even know if you're supposed to stick them in there or not. I wouldn't know. I'm too afraid to Google it. <laughs> I have a, like a really dirty Google search history now. I highly recommend it. It makes your life great. Um, all right. So this next one, this is a new one. Um, there, you know, I feel like most people, you know, like me, there are days when I love my body. Um, there are days, a lot of days when I just hate my body, very ashamed of it. So... This is about, mostly when I was 14, especially. So this is about my 14-year-old self. It's called 14 and flat-chested. You're... <laughs> Do we need to step outside? <laughs> um, all right. You're 14 years old, sitting in your bedroom, thinking about how colossal the pimple on your forehead is and how microscopic your love life is and how there must be some sort of direct correlation because, heck, you already defied the laws of gravity on Tuesday when you fell up the stairs instead of down and how if anyone ever wants it to be windy and rainy on the same day, they should just ask you to wear a skirt and a hat because Mother Nature is one nasty gal and wants to watch you hold both your head and your ass simultaneously to prevent things from flying and showing your Wednesday undies with the flowers on them because you hear the honey you're too young to need nice underwear every time you're in the mall and then are reminded you need to start saving your lunch money for a new bra maybe there will be a direct correlation between how expensive the bra is and how large it makes your a cup look and think maybe you'll need a pair of spanks because you know with that as well because they're inevitably too much down there and not enough up there that's definitely not a direct correlation but instead, you just grab your blue gel pen and try to remember your third grade cursive so you can write down everything you ate and thought about eating that day and how great Emily's hair looked today and how at 20, you want to be tall, taller than her, and have hair that shines and at least a B-cup bra size. And you'd never picture yourself at 20, sitting in your dorm room, thinking about how colossal the pimple on your forehead is and how microscopic your love life is and how there must be some sort of direct correlation because there's no way you can still be an A-cup and still own Days of the Week undies. And maybe you've been spending too much time writing down what you ate for dinner and wishing all your weight could just go to your chest instead of your thighs and thinking how if you tell that flat-chested 14-year-old girl it's okay to like who she is, who she was, who she's going to become, but now you're 23 and still haven't gotten the courage to tell her she's going to be all right. She's going to be beautiful, short, flat-chested, 24-year-old girl. I sure hope so, because right now I'm just sitting in my bedroom contemplating the correlation between my colossal pimple and my microscopic love life and wondering if I should invest in a padded bra. <laughs> Okay, I've got one more. Um, this is from the new book. 
and really, guys, I like my fridge is empty right now. Like I need <laughs> grocery money. Okay. Um, this is called my date with genius. Um, sometimes, you know, on the days when I'm feeling good about my body, um, you know, I get a little more courage. Um, and so this is about the first time and last time that I ever gave a guy my number. I gave my number to a six foot three Apple genius with a motorcycle and a modeling contract after he fixed my computer and smiled at me. <laughs> he texted me immediately and took me to a coffee shop where the barista kept looking at me with, is that guy with you or just platonically related to you eyes? He didn't notice and instead smiled at me with his perfect white teeth, complimented my rings as an excuse to touch my hands and showed me his motorcycle with, I would love for you to get on this and make out with me at a stoplight eyes. <laughs> but I kept thinking about the barista and started to feel very short and young and out of my league. So I gave him, you're very attractive, but I need to leave now eyes. I'm smart enough to know that beautiful men with motorcycles are not worth fighting baristas for. <laughs> right, thank you. weird to run a comedy show in your house where la last time um for those of you who were here i was like in the middle of a set when the oven went off and uh, i was like and i'm gonna go get that and our next guest is gonna vamp it was delightful i'm, I'm sure it was very charming and, and not at all diminishing in a professional sense this next performer that will be coming to the stage is it's really not fair to say a friend of mine sorry i just like got caught up like thinking about her <laughs> I was just thinking about Mel. It's just like. Mm. Mm. Mel is uh, a delightful, delightful human being. In my eyes, she's a certified public angel. That's what we like to call her here. She's also a certified public accountant. Um, also, definitely studied harder than me in high school, and that does not necessarily make me a racist. It's just a thing that's true. Um, I, I know this for a fact. She works harder than anyone in this room, and it, and it is delightful to watch her succeed for that reason and for many others. Also, she's, she's just very handsome. She always looks very well put together. Um, you may know. <laughs> I think Audrey is, 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 getting, is laughing up a storm here. I think you guys may know Mel, as I think she's been approached at this show before, for her poop stories, guys. She's got a few good, real good intestinal story, storytelling sense. She's definitely got, like, there's like a three-act narrative in every movement. It's really impressive. <laughs> so she'll be coming up to the stage right about now. I'll give her a moment to get up because she's a lady. I think that's, okay, the biggest, the biggest, this is definitely the only obstacle that stands between me and stardom is I can't get out of a car if I'm wearing a skirt without beaving the general public. <laughs> can't do it. Don't know how. Coming to the stage is someone who knows how to get up like a lady. It's Mel and everybody. Get your paws together. Thank you. A couple weeks ago, I asked Chrissy what the theme of the show would be, and she's like, body shame. And then she immediately followed that text with, but two other people are already telling poop stories, so you can't. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, I'm out. Um, yeah, okay, so... <clears throat> Uh, my story will will have three parts on it because I would like to talk about three different body parts. 
and we're gonna start from we're gonna start from the ground up. So we're gonna start with my leg. And this was in fifth grade. This is my first year in the U.S. and uh, my first Halloween. And my school had a Halloween dance. So naturally, I went, and it was. I don't know. Actually, I don't remember much uh, about this dance. I just remember it was the year that Nelly's Hot in Here uh, <laughs> was, this two R's, uh, was like popular. And so my dance moves was a lot of like fanning myself and like, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm dancing. And, <laughs> and so <laughs> usually when I was going to that school, usually when I would go home, I would take the yellow school bus, but because the dance was like, you know, after hours, my, and my mom didn't have a car yet, I told her that I would just take public transportation, no big deal, and at that, by that point, I had learned the routes near my, my town. So the dance is over, I'm sitting at the bus stop, and I'm waiting for about, about 45 minutes, and it's starting to get kind of dark, and then the bus comes, and then I realize I've been sitting at the wrong bus stop, because my bus is across the street. So I immediately get up and I start to run and I was wearing like this huge clear plastic backpack where like you could see all my stuff and I thought that was like super cool. <laughs> and I had like all of my textbooks with me. So I'm like this like short 80 pound girl running with like a heavy ass backpack just like swinging from side <laughs> to side. And um, I'm not quite catching the bus and then like the other uh, passengers who are getting off the bus noticed me trying to get there and they're trying to like beckon to the bus driver who didn't see and he, and he starts to drive away but I'm like no I'm going to catch this bus and I <laughs> keep running anyway and then I trip and I eat shit <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's nothing quite as humiliating as just falling on your face and feeling like you don't have control over like your body and like you're letting gravity uh, like trick you somehow. Um, so I'm falling on my face and then I see the bus drive away and I'm like, well, I'm fucked. And I start to kind of just, wa I started like walking around the school and then I made my way from like the back of the school where the dance was to the front and there were some houses across the street from the school. So I decided to knock on one of them, the door of one of them and and then, so I just, I get up there, I knock, and this person opens the door, but, like, the porch light was shining in my face, and so I couldn't see, but it was just, like, this dark, tall figure, and I'm, like, this little girl, I'm, like, can I use your phone? I need to call my mom, and he's, like, yeah, sure, and, um, and that's how my first Halloween was saved by a friendly ghost. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's move on to the second body body part, which is my butt. Um, <laughs> but it's not a, it's not a poop story. Uh, <laughs> I promise. Uh, I'm in <laughs> I'm in junior year of high school, and I was into this guy. Uh, for the sake of the story, let's call him Kevin because that's his real name. <laughs> and. <laughs> He looks like me, but with like no breasts, and is like short hair and Korean. Um, and he was he was like used to. I think we all kind of knew him as like telling off color, 
kind of off-the-wall statements, and he was kind of like that class clownish type of guy, but he was like really sensitive on the inside, and he told me all that through AIM, so I knew I was special. Um, so Kevin and I were sitting at Borders, hanging out, and um, yeah, and <laughs> we were like reading this book on palm reading, and I, I was like reading it, so as like an excuse to like touch his hand, and as I'm telling you this story, I'm realizing like I had more game than I <laughs> thought in high school. Um, so I'm like touching his hand, and we're like talking, and we're laughing, and then um, I fart, <laughs> and, and he he was like, and then he like stops mid sentence and kind of and because. This wasn't like the kind of fart that I could just like pretend didn't happen. Like it didn't come out of my ass like, you know, like it wasn't like that. Um, it was like a full on fart. And so he was like, did you just, did you just fart? And I start to laugh and I'm like, yeah, I did. And he's like, you know, if you had said no, I would have believed you. <laughs> But you know what? He ended up being my first kiss, so. <laughs> so uh, the lesson is um, fart all you want. It's fine. Uh, next and last body part are um, these modest A cups up here. <laughs> and so I was in fourth grade, and I, I developed pretty early, and I was like one of the first girls to develop in my class. And I also, uh, in fourth grade, I went to a Christian school. And my Christian school had a bunch of like different locations throughout the city. And so every year we would have this retreat where all the locations would sort of gather together and like the kids would sort of get to know each other, like, I don't know, discover their sexuality, talk about Jesus and stuff. <laughs> and um, I was put in the cabin of girls and, um, we were we had kind of like a tight schedule for or for whatever reason we decided to like double up on like we showered two at a time, and <laughs> maybe this was the discovering the sexuality part I don't know but um, for whatever reason I the fourth grade girl and this other like sixth grade girl from a different school or for a different branch of the school were in the shower together and we started to like like take off our clothes. Um, and then I take off my training bra, and she looks at me, and she's like, oh my god, those boobs are huge. <laughs> and that is the most enthusiastic reaction anyone has ever had to seeing my breath. So I have been riding that high for the past, like, 14 years. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I have no shame about my boobs. Thank you. Eliason, everybody, keep it going. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, up next, we'll have Kaylin Lowry, and on deck is the lovely Barbara Gray. Um, I, I wish that I had, you know, some some gentle transition to kind of bring you guys into this one. But honestly, I've just been thinking about sex all day. So <laughs> bring it up, bring it up, bring it up for Kaylin Lowry. Okay, this has been a rough week for me. You know, it's like end of January. I've done nothing this month. That whole like New Year thing didn't really 
work out. I like at, at the end of last month, I did this whole thing where I was like, new me, I'm like going to meditation. I really live in LA now. Like after five years, I've been doing that like whole holistic, like in touch with my body and Los Angeles. So I've, I've been really constipated um, <laughs> this week, like emotionally and physically. So I'm like, it, it's really manifesting. So yesterday, I um, went to CVS, as we do. Um, I lost my $2 off coupon, because that's how my month is going. <laughs> and I uh, looked at my options to re relieve my occasional constipation. And I found this tea called Smooth Move, <laughs> which is extremely effective. And if anyone is having issues today, I'm just going to leave it over there. You can be really discreet. Um, but this tea has a personality. It's confident and empowering. <laughs> a relief to be around. Herbal power relieves occasional constipation. Generally produces a bowel movement within 6 to 12 hours, or in my case, 30 minutes. Um, yeah, so I'm going to gracefully transition to not talking about poop, because my goal... My goal uh, for this like my friends were all like, oh, wow, body shame, you have so much to talk about. Um, like, do you want to talk about the time you almost shit in a guy's bed? Or, like, do you want to talk about, like, the fact that you puked, like, every day for three months last year? But no, I don't want to talk about any of those things. Um, as you can probably tell, I'm a retired uh, child model. I know. Um, and like a lot of people have good lifelong ambitions, like life goals, like I want to make the world a better place. For me, I've always wanted to be skinny, um, which is like one of those ambitions where like, well, you can like resolve that, right? You can eat well and exercise, but that's too easy, you know? Like instead, I'm just like, oh no, I just, I've always been like eight pounds into like the healthier BMI range. So when I was a child model in Asia, because <laughs> my life is really interesting, I was living in Japan and I was still white then. So they like hired me to, you know, model things. And uh, when I was 11, a lot happened that year for me. Um, I was on a Yamaha piano shoot. <laughs> where my mother was playing my grandmother, which is probably something she could talk about um, separately in therapy. Um, but, you know, they, like, have clothes for you to wear because this wasn't porn. Um, and, you know, I had, like, started developing and smelling bad, and, like, they gave me clothes and they didn't fit. Um, and then I almost passed out from hunger on set, and uh, and I was fired. So <laughs> that, like, instills some dark feelings when you're 11. Wow. So the same year, and I don't really remember the timeline because I've tried to repress it for a long time. Um, a kid at school, like, I was that girl in class who was, like, really smart and pretty. Just kidding. I, I was just pretty. Um, you know, I was like, you know, that girl who could get along with the kids nobody liked. Um, I know. <laughs> or I was the kid nobody liked. I'm still unsure. But anyway, I was like paired up with that guy that was just kind of like 
weird. Um, and I was wearing this really cute red, like fluffy sweater that were all the rage in 2003. Um, and we're like trying to do this activity that involves talking. And suddenly he reaches for me and says, I'm going to milk you. Um, <laughs> while like, while indicating milking toward me. And like, I was like, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> the first of many times that has happened to me. But like, I was like, that doesn't seem like a normal thing that happens in fourth grade classrooms, but maybe. And I didn't tell anybody about it um, until like a few weeks later. I was like, mom, like the craziest thing happened at school a few weeks ago. Like, Mune Hero, that was his name, um, tried to milk me. And she's like, <laughs> he did what? And then he got suspended. Um, <laughs> and I got another kid suspended because he pulled a knife on me in fifth grade. So there's that. <laughs> so as you can tell, I'm just like, this is very unplanned because yesterday, in addition to clogging my toilet, um, <laughs> I was redumped by a guy I wasn't dating. Yeah, so like, <laughs> cool. And I also got a parking ticket. Um, but that guy was, you know, I, I've been really insecure about my body my whole life, and right now I'm like 15 pounds thinner than I was when he first saw my body. Um, but he told me I looked like a Renaissance painting, which is like... <laughs> like, is that nice? I was like, that's so, that's such a sweet thing to say. And then the next day I Googled, like, Renaissance paintings. <laughs> It was like, oh well, I like, I mean, like a like a like a cute Renaissance painting, <laughs> um, and like that brought me really back to the first time I had a boyfriend. Um, I've had two total, so <laughs> it's been good. Um, so this was like tenth grade, and he was like, you know, like cool and Christian, and like that's a whole other story. So he never saw my full form missing out on this renaissance painting. Um, but there was one day where we were doing our really like light cuddling because you know he had to pray about his erections. So like it was very low key. He also told me that there were certain girls he couldn't look at at school because they were too pretty. Thankfully, I didn't qualify. Um, <laughs> yeah, well now I'm like, you know, I'm a Renaissance painting. But one day, like, we were, like, you know, like, hugging. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Like, your belly is so soft. It's so, it's so soft and, like, full. It's like mine. And I was like, wow, we have so much in common. <laughs> like, I see this really lasting. And then he talked about how beautiful our biracial children would be. And now we're getting married. Um, no, I don't know what he's doing. I think he's like, actually, I did find his Tumblr. And he still blogs about n being a virgin. Um, and like what it would feel like to feel a woman's renaissance art form. Um, what else do I have for you guys? Not that much. Yeah, I don't know, like. It's been rough, guys. Like, I, I had a plan all week. I was like, I'm going to tell this story where I almost pooped in the bed, but it's like, okay, guys. So, two boyfriends. I was like, is he going to be here? But no, he has a real girlfriend now, um, so he doesn't come to events. Yeah, uh, so 
<laughs> senior year of college, guy was in his bed naked and was like, oh, God, I have to fart. But, like, again, people like keeping me a secret from everyone they're close with because I'm beautiful. Um, so he was like, none of his roommates knew I was there. I was like, oh, God, no, like, I can't go to the bathroom. They'll know. Um, I was like, I can't fart. He'll know. Um, but he was still sleeping, so I was like, I can do it. I can do it. Like, I can let it, let it out a little. I was like, nah. Like, I'm really into him, but he doesn't love me. Um, so he gave me a ride home, and I'm like, like, got that face on, you know, like, when you really, you have to fart. Like, you have to. Like, it has to come. And I, it's like my, I have a bitch face anyway, but I feel like it was, like, very pronounced. Um, and I'm like, ugh. And then I, he texted me as I was walking to my door, and he's like, why are you, like, waddling? Like, um, so I, and she was my roommate at the time, but I, like, went and plopped on my bed. I was like, like I can fart um and I shit all over my pants <laughs> like all over and I'm just very grateful that it was a belly flop and it went upward and downward and like ran down my legs instead of instead of being in his bed with the white sheets and like what what I have said like that would have been he would have never forgotten me like, it would have been a good story for him. Um, so if you're out there, which you are, um, and he would be so pissed if you were here. I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, he doesn't know about that. And I was like, I'll tell you one day. And I told all of you. So here we are. Body shame. Yeah. Thank you very much, Kaylin Lowry. Um, I'm definitely going to need that tea because as my mom likes to say, your eyes are brown because you're full of shit, Christiana. And as I like to say, whose fault is that, mom? <laughs> That's actually like my favorite thing when, whenever she gets into the mode of like, she's like, you know what? You're a spoiled brat. That's my favorite detention. If you're like, whose fault is that, mom? <laughs> she, it, it's one of those things that I, it's kind of been magic. I've, I've seen my brother do it. I, di I didn't know that you could actually get out of punishment through comedy until my brother started doing shit. Like, I was like, oh, look at that. <laughs> All you have to do is come up with a good one-liner and you're way out of a month's worth of grounding. Um, coming to the stage, our, our last storyteller who is going to truly crush it, I'm sure. Uh, you know her from the Lady to Lady podcast and the excellent comedy show that's literally around the corner called Sauce Comedy on Fridays. Coming to the stage, it's Barbara Gray. Give it up. Give it up. I was trying to have, there's no beer left, you, you assholes. I really like the uh, all the lights on. That's cool. I definitely want to see all of you watch me talk about the worst things in my life. <laughs> no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, I'm kind of sick anyway. Uh, so I'm more of a comic than a storyteller, so this is a very frail attempt at, you know, putting some stuff together. But man, do I know about body shame, so I'm a great person to be the last one up about this. Um, I, uh, I'm so pissed that I didn't realize, like, what a perfect body I had in high school. Like, I, I didn't know. You know what I mean? Because I grew up in Salt Lake City where, like, boys didn't, like, snap your bra if they, like, you know, if they wanted to fuck you. They, like, they told you to come over senior year, like, last day of high school and gave you the Book of Mormon and then read their testament and were like, please convert so I can fuck you and you can be my wife. With, like, the long con boob grab, you know, not like the, 
not the straightforward attempt. Um, so I didn't know that I just had this like per- I just like like these huge boobs and like it was very skinny and um, uh, I'm a very innocent theater nerd. So you know I didn't put it to good use at all. Uh, and so we went on this uh, trip to a choir trip. You know I rolled pretty hard. Um, <laughs> we went on a choir trip and there was like a picture of me on the beach, just like with like a doing like a backwards handstand. There it goes. Um, <laughs> Like a backwards handstand, my booze out, my like perfect like young teenage nipples, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> now you couldn't see them, but like almost. And um, and they put that picture in this like yearbook thing at the end of the year with choir. And I couldn't. Bl- I was like, I can't believe they put this fucking picture in. My boobs are. You can see my boobs. And uh, I was, I, I was sitting next to my friend at school, telling her, you know, like I can't believe they put this picture in the yearbook. And she was like, Well, what page is it on? And the guy next to me is like, it's on page eight. <laughs> <laughs> he knew exactly where that fucking picture was. Oh um, I know. So then uh, college hit, and those years were over. Um, I moved into the dorms, and it was like, you know, three factors combined to give me the freshman, whatever, 35, I don't really know, 50, <laughs> whatever the fuck number up until now. Um you know, I had like 24/7 access to the dorm food, which is just like cheesy pasta all the time you want, you know, <laughs> which is such a luxury. Nobody's around. Go for it. So, that was number 1. Number 2 was I worked in the fucking candy shop. I worked at the candy counter and I got fired for stealing chocolate milk and drinking it all the time. And they they literally they fired me. They brought out a box of empty chocolate milk containers. I was like, "What? Who the fuck am I?" This is like the most Salt Lake City shit ever. I wasn't drinking at the job. I was dr- chugging chocolate milk like a fucking piece of shit. So that was the second factor. Third factor was uh, 9/11 happened my freshman year, and you know, nothing like a national tragedy to. Make you eat a bunch of fettuccine Alfredo, right? So that's not, I'm going to just blame it on that, even though it had nothing to do with it. Um, I, uh, I gained a lot of weight pretty quickly, and when that happens, you get these lovely things called um, stretch marks. Really fun. Really sexy. You know what I mean? When you're getting naked with a fella. And I had this boyfriend, and he asked me what my stretch mark was on my stomach, and I didn't want to tell him because it's not very hot, you know, like. I only talk about things that are hot if we're dating, right? <laughs> it's like. So I didn't want to tell him what the stretch mark was, and he said, um, well, do you cut yourself? Oh. <laughs> yes, that's what he thought it was. That's what he thought. And then I, like, thought about it, and I was like, well, kind of, but from the inside. <laughs> you know? It's not razors, it's the edges of Doritos, but it's pretty much, like, same... <laughs> Same idea, same situation happening. Uh, so, you know, I, yeah, I moved to L.A. And uh, turns out not so friendly here to the real Renaissance painting ladies. <laughs> turns out L.A., not so much a fan of uh, curvy. I fucking hate the word curvy. I also hate curvy. I hate that every time I go. So if you go, if you like are ish, this size ish, you, there's like no stores to shop in, and one store you can actually shop in is called Torrid, which fuck you so much, fuck you, <laughs> Torrid. Every single piece of clothing there is labeled diva. Every fucking, Aww. right? I'm like, yeah. I was like, do I have to be a bitch to get in a supportive bra? I just want something that fits me. 
Like, I'm not a diva. I just like to fucking eat Taco Bell all the time. Just give me... It's so annoying. I'm not like Whitney Houston. I'm just... Whatever. So, um... I moved to LA and then like I would start going on auditions and they were so much fun. Like one was like built like a linebacker, a female Chris Farley. <laughs> they actually said that shit in the there's like stuff like that where you're like, ah, confidence, okay, that'll get me the job, right? So lots of stuff like that, you know, and um Excuse me, I got cast in two things. I got cast in one thing as the uh, fat girl who the guy was ashamed of fucking. So that he, he's so ashamed of fucking her that he jumps off of a boat into the ocean. Which I have, I'm sorry, but I have never had a problem like that, you know. I have never had a problem getting dick any time anyway. So, um, that's insane. But, uh, so that was the first role I got. But it got canceled, the movie got, got canceled. And, um, the second role I got was uh, pretty awesome. It was um, Fat Girl number two. (laughs) Fat Girl number two. Not even number one, you know? Not even the dignity of number one. Um, I mean, but the twist is the name of the show is Fat Girl number two, right? No, it's not. Okay. (laughs) Like, what's she doing this week? Like, who ate all the mayonnaise? Fat Girl number two. No. (laughs) Um... So, there, you know, it's not very fun getting cast as that, obviously, uh, but it's especially not fun getting cast as that by um, someone you've dated, which is what happened to me. Someone who has seen me naked was like, I know the perfect person for this. Oh, I remember all those times Barbara's too tired to have sex from all that pasta she just ate, you know? <laughs> like, why don't I call her, um, don't feel, it doesn't matter, I don't, don't, don't feel bad, he... I don't know. He sucks. Uh, I was just thinking about mean things to say about his dick, but he had a great dick. I'm not going to... You know what? I'm not going to despair. It was a lie. I'm not going to be that person. Um, so, yeah. Fat girl number two, whatever. Uh, here, are my, Here's my only line of dialogue. No, excuse me. Two lines of dialogue. It's fat girl number two. Two lines. Here we go. <clears throat> Why don't we go to the Golden Corral? <laughs> I love buffets. <laughs> Yeah, woo! Um, <laughs> so I ended up turning that. I didn't do that because I was like, "Fuck off!" There's no way. And I was telling that story at, at a bar in Hollywood, and um, this really gross guy was hitting on me all night. You know, don't want to brag, but <laughs> really gross guy. He didn't know my name, so after the show, he chased me down the street, and he yelled, "Hey, fat number two!" After me. Took out the word girl. Took out the best part of the whole (laughs) description. Hey, fat number two. I was like, I'm going to take a fat number two on your fucking face. Right? So I did, and now that's the only way I can come. All right. Thank you, guys. That's it for me. Keep going for Barbara Gray. Guys. Journey we've just been on. Oh Lord, we've gone on. We've gone through it together. I'm so glad that you guys have made yourselves vulnerable. It's kind of, it's kind of sexy. It's it's a, it's a nice quality, guys. Normally, uh, normally I'd ask you to just stay as long as you want. And my my send off line is, you don't have to stay here, but you can never go home. Um, <laughs> But the thing is, tonight, uh, there are some Belgian interns at my office that are throwing a party, so get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> Thank you all for coming to Personally Speaking. Have a great night.
Venmo me or throw cash into my bra. I don't care. Just get money into my face. The patriarchy takes it away from me. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for coming. Personally Speaking is recorded live in East Hollywood every month by Matt Rains and hosted by myself, Christiana Morganroth. If you're interested in performing, attending, or just chatting, reach out to us at personallyspeakingshow at gmail.com. Drive safe. We'll see you next month.